You're listening to episode 2.36 of the Midlife Improvement Project, and on this week's episode, I'm sharing an interview that I recorded with my friend and colleague, Dr. Melissa Longo, back in May of 2023 for her podcast, which is called Adjust Your Practice. We talked about my podcast origin story, my coaching business origin story. We talk about what I have seen in my clients and have experienced myself as the common challenges of midlife, and I share the tool that I use regularly with my clients, and of course, in my own personal growth, to set goals and get after them by tapping into the wisdom of a future version of yourself. Let's go. Welcome to the Midlife Improvement Project, a podcast about what really matters as you negotiate midlife. Some might call this time of life a crisis, but I want to introduce you to the idea that it's an awakening. This is a time to listen to your soul, to find your purpose, to reflect on what you really want to do and be in the days you have left here on planet Earth, and then write your own midlife manifesto. You are not less of yourself on the other side of midlife. You are more. This is a time to be celebrated, not tolerated. I'm your midlife wake-up coach, Dr. Peggy Malone. I am a healthcare provider turned life coach who helps women in midlife lean into the magic of being a woman as we head into the second half. I help you to decide where you want to go next with this one precious life and really claim all of your big dreams and goals while caring less about what anyone else thinks about it. After all, if someone is going to be unhappy with your life, it shouldn't be you. I've just passed the milestone of turning 50, and I want to use this podcast as my midlife manifesto. There will be no fading into the background and quietly living out my golden years with the assumption that my best years are behind me over here. I'm just getting started. I invite you to come with me. Listen in each week as I help you to wake up to what's possible for you in midlife as you learn to manage your mind, get curious about what got you here, and get clear about where you want to go next on the way to being an even better you. Let's get after it. Well, hello, friends. Uh, Have you got that September feeling? You heard me remind you last week that September is another January, and I have been using the momentum of this season to get back to my old lady gymnastics and just a better routine in general. If you're not sure what I mean by old lady gymnastics, head over to my Instagram. It's at Dr. Peggy Malone, and there's a highlight called gymnastics. I go every week with the goal of getting a round off back handspring back in my midlife journey. So go check it out. And as I do every September, I have decided to forgo alcohol for the entire month in what I refer to as dry timber. Now, you might have heard that there's a lot of people in January that do dry January, but I find that this tool is super effective for me when I'm in the back to school feeling of September, which is why I have a dry month every year at this time. I find that it allows me to have a great reset after the fun and indulgence of summer, and I find it a great way to kick off this season have a reevaluation of my relationship with alcohol and get focused and clear on what I want to accomplish in the last part of the year. So I'm curious to know how you are harnessing the back to school feeling of September. Send me a DM on Instagram to let me know what you are up to this September on your own improvement journey. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Back in May of 2023, my friend and colleague, Dr. Melissa Longo, invited me to be on her podcast, and that podcast is called Adjust Your Practice. I'll put a link to it in the show notes if you are curious about that. It's it's directed more to um, healthcare providers, chiropractors in particular, um, but you might be interested. Anyway, in today's episode, I am sharing that conversation here because there's some great golden nuggets that I shared when we were talking about my own story and I figured you might be interested, and also some of the most common challenges that my clients face and how I help them through coaching. 
We cover a lot of subjects, including my podcast origin story, how fear can be your friend, and how your future self can help you to achieve your goals. I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Adjust Your Practice. I am always excited to chat with my classmates because what I've come to realize, and I think I'm a little bit biased, but my classmates from the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College class of 2002, they're kind of rock stars. And they're all, many of them have transitioned their practice over the years. They built really amazing careers for themselves and they're expanding in ways that I find really unique. And Dr. Peggy Malone is certainly one of them, classmate of mine. And um, I'm curious to hear where she's at right now and all the cool things she's doing to help women in their midlife, as well as in her clinical practice. So before we dive into this juicy conversation today, Peggy, thank you for joining me today and for your time. Thanks so much, Melissa. I'm glad to be here. Let's dive into who is Dr. Peggy Malone and what are you doing right now? And well, then we'll go into where were you? How did you get right. here? Okay. Well, right now I am, uh, the way I would describe myself is a healthcare provider, chiropractor turned life coach. I still do see patients as a chiropractor. Uh, but my main focus now is I'm working as a life coach for women in midlife, helping them to get clarity as they come into the second half of life, helping them to realize that it's not downhill from here. In fact, we are just getting started and there's so much amazing life to be lived and juice to be squeezed out of the second half. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, I say that because I am 49 as we speak. And I say to my kids all the time, I go, I'm only halfway. Like I got lots of living to do. And a lot of people struggle with the limitations of what they think women particularly, and probably some men, I would argue about what their later years, their last 50 years should look like. And I love that you're turning the table on that and giving them hope and perspective and inspiration and certainly ideas about how to stay healthy. What made you want to go this direction in your career at this point in time? Uh, I've had for a long time the vision of uh, creating a life that was a bit more nomadic. I love being a chiropractor and I love seeing my patients, but there's also something really cool about the idea of having my computer and access to the internet and being anywhere in the world. My husband and I love to snowboard. And so whenever we vacation, we're often snowboarding. And I just think it's the coolest to be wherever doing my thing um, with my clients online, but then going snowboarding that day as well. Mm -hmm. So that vision for me has sort of driven trying to find a way that I can do all the things I like to do when it comes to interacting with my patients and clients, but being able to do it on the road. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like one of your values, personal values, or possibly business values as well, has been freedom, you know, exploration, adventure. And how important do you think it is to align your business with your personal values? Oh, I think that that's the thing that will bring you peace and allow for you to enjoy your life. If you, if they are not aligned, then you can play the game and put on the show, but it will wear you out and it will create burnout and it will make you unhappy. So aligning values is exactly what I want to do. And what I'm hoping to like move towards as I keep doing this, this new adventure. Yeah. I, you know what you just said, like put on the show, wear a mask, a lot of people, and this is part of the focus of the show is, is giving practitioners of all disciplines, like the experiences of other people so that they can see where are you living your life And are you wearing a mask? Are you actually living a life that is true to who you actually are and what you truly want? And part of that discovery process comes from knowing yourself, knowing what your values are, and and then possibly working with people that that can help you expand it and and actually bring it out of you a little bit more. Do you think for yourself, um, 
the work that you're doing right now, after being in practice for, you know, 21 years this year, um, and having clinical experience building a business, has that, has it been a natural progression for you? Or did you have a pivotal moment where you're like, well, I'm done with practice, or I want to shift my practice and start coaching online? Like, how has that evolution been for you? Well, I think probably it overlaps my personal life for sure. But in general, when it comes to practice, I, for the last 12 years, 13 years, have not practiced in the quote traditional way. So I started off working as a locum, traveled around Australia, did a whole bunch of fun stuff, working in different clinics around the country. And that was a lovely experience and it was amazing. Um, And then when I came back home, I got a job uh, as an associate at a multidisciplinary clinic learned a lot, had a great experience, but then realized that it wasn't really for me. I felt itchy there. And then uh, I ended up moving to, I just have a room with just me, no staff. Um, It's allowed for me to have freedom in when I work, who I see. Um, It allows for me to do all the things I want to do. So I guess that has been a transition toward what I'm doing now. And then what I'm doing now, the way I describe it is it's all the parts about being a chiropractor that I love the most, which is the Mm -hmm. relationship with the patient with finding out about their life, like figuring out what their problems are, learning what's going on for them, helping them to get better, be better, do all the things that they want to do in life. And then Mm -hmm. as a side, I can also help them if they got back pain or foot pain or whatever it is that they've come in with originally. So that's been the sort of general transition to what I'm doing now. Yeah, it's a connection, right? I mean, I think what I'm hearing from you is similar to me is the freedom that I love and my practice is in a space of 500 square feet. Um, it is attached to my home, part of my home, which gave me freedom 10 years ago when my sons were younger, but it's also just aligns with who I am. Like, I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to manage people typically. And like you said, I just, I like it simple. And so many, when I came out of school though, I thought that the road to success as a chiropractor was going to be big practice, big volume, um, lots of team, like, and for some people that is absolutely what they dream of and the success, how they define it. It's not how I define success for myself. And I had to learn it the hard way. So I think for me, for you, from hearing your story, it sounds like you were clear from the beginning, like you wanted experience, you wanted freedom, you wanted to explore. And even when you became an associate, you're like, eh, I'm not sure this is right for me. So you had the courage and confidence to make a change. Well, I wouldn't have defined it like that at that time, but I'll receive that now. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I just so wanted something different. I didn't know if I was being brave or whatever, but I just wanted something different. Yeah, but I think it I think we we have these moments, right? That again, other people see them or even looking back, if you were to think back to yourself, okay, you had an itchy feeling, you knew that something wasn't right, but you still had the ability and the willingness to make a move. And I feel, I guarantee that your coaching clients benefit from your guidance on this. So what do you think helps you make a move or helped you make a move at that point in time? Was it your partnership, your support, coaching, a book you read, a retreat you went on? Like, was it something that helped you make a move at that point in your life and ongoing? Or is that just part of your character? Well, I think probably when I think about that time, there was a bit of a shakeup at the clinic that I was working at. And mm-hmm. the shakeup created a lot of change for everybody that worked there. And I remember everybody was so stressed and they were um, like, basically everyone was running around like chickens with their heads cut off because they were their whole life was shifting based on what was happening. And all I remember feeling was excitement. I was like, oh, this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing that allows me to do something different. And so yeah. I, I guess probably I followed my intuition and followed that feeling of excitement to what the next thing was, even though I didn't, yeah. I couldn't define it hundred percent consciously. I knew yeah. that, that I felt like it was a tidal wave that was moving me to the next thing. And it mm. was excitement that I was following. 
Yeah. And oftentimes I don't know about you, but that's how it's been for me too. Sometimes you just know that, you know, your next move and it sounds, it feels a little scary or you, but it's met with excitement and a little bit of fear, but you still have to go down that path either way. And I think that can motivate people, even when there's hard things to, to work through is like the possibility of what's ahead. Sure. Well, and also I am a big subscriber to the idea that the physiology of anxiety and excitement are the same thing. It's just what you're thinking about is different. And Mm. so probably I could have been anxious in that time, but my thoughts were all related to, I was excited about what was next. Yeah. So let's just talk about that for a second, because I'm sure people listening, uh, and I've had this conversation actually with another guest, Melanie Hustis, we talked about fear versus intuition, because she actually is a Reiki healer and does all kinds of cool metaphysical type of work. And I want to compare your answer to hers, but the idea of like fear and, um, and excitement essentially being the same thing. What what you just said about the physiology piece is all in your head, right? Is like what we manifest, what we're thinking about of any situation could either be good or bad. Right. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not sure how to answer. One of the things that's coming up is I often will share with my clients that worrying is praying for something that you don't want. So anytime you get to choose what you want to think about in any minute of any day. And so when I'm thinking about what's coming up, it only serves me to think about that. It'll be something great. Even if I can find, even if outside of me, there's objective truth that that's not real. Mm -hmm. I still get about it however I want. So Mm -hmm. I guess probably in terms of fear, the other thing that I'll say about fear is, um, Fear is one of those things that's always there. It's hardwired into our DNA. Our amygdala is constantly uh, shouting at us that we might die any second and is stopping us from doing all of the things that we want to do in 2023 when there's not a tiger that's in the woods and there's there's not really the same threat of being expelled from the tribe if we're not um, the same as everyone else. Yeah. Uh, when fear shows up, I notice it and the way that I describe it to my clients and the way that I've taken it on as a tool is that fear is allowed to come for the ride, but fear is not driving. Fear is in the backseat mm. taking a nap. I'm driving and they're allowed to be there and I'm thanking them. Thank you. I know you're trying to keep me safe, but I'm driving. You're allowed to be here, but like, just keep your voice down and like take a nap. Yeah. The other thing that I've done with fear is um, I personified it. I love um, it. I'm just like, I, it's making fear your friend. Like, Hey dude, yes, you're yes. here with me. Let's go for a ride, but I'm going to yeah. be the one in control. Yeah, like, let's sit down and have a beer and discuss this. Now <laughs> yeah. you can take a nap in the back seat and I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. I love yes. it. You personified it. Okay. Um, and so clearly that's one of the things you've supported your coaching clients with. And likely one of the things you talk about on your podcast, what are some of the other common challenges you're finding your clients are facing these days? If you were to say the top three things you find yourself coaching women on, what do you think they would be? Well, I think the big one for women, especially in midlife is that we've all been conditioned since we were tiny girls to be afraid of being old. Mm -hmm. All of us are running the program without questioning it. And anytime our bodies get softer, we get wrinkles on our face or we are seen or as the case may be unseen if we feel invisible because we're just not sort of like the tight bodied 20 somethings anymore. That puts it creates existential crisis for a lot of women coming into their forties and fifties. And my thought on it is we can change our thoughts. What if we just decided that getting older was cool? What if we just decided that wrinkles were cool? What if we just decided that we can, our worth doesn't have to be connected to whether or not we have a six pack and Mm -hmm. then we can just go about the rest of our lives and enjoy it. One of the things that's um, really cool, the data shows that quality of life for women um, if you think about like people will say, um, 
that life goes downhill after 50. But when you actually look at the data, life for women is the quality of life is in on a graph shaped like a U. So it sort of gets, it's good when you're in your twenties and it gets worse and worse and worse. And <laughs> the bottom of the U is around age 50. So that's the time when women are going through physiological changes associated with menopause, yeah. which can create all sorts of drama. They're going through this process of existential crisis of, oh, I only have half left and we're questioning our mortality. We're also care, taking care of parents and children at the same mm -hmm. time. And it's just mm -hmm. all the things all at once when you're 50. And then the you goes up the other way. Life continues to get better for women on the other side of 50. So mm -hmm. if you're approaching midlife and you're in that place where you feel like you're at the bottom of the you, it's not downhill after this, it's uphill after this. Yeah. And it's, um, I'll be honest, like I, I just turned 49 this year and my oldest son is turning 21. And I'm just, I, I did have a moment the other day where I was like, holy crap, like actually life is actually passing by. Like I just renewed my life, my, my life insurance and all these things. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to have the conversation with them. Like I'm freaking almost 50. Like it, it just hit me in an emotional way that I didn't expect. So I hear what you're saying. And um, it is a real thing. And our bodies change. It doesn't matter how fit you are, how healthy you are. There's some basic physiology of the beauty of our hormones doing what they do. And, and the more we can learn about them and honor it and accept it is really, really powerful. So that's a great one. So perspective is the first thing. Um, what would be two other challenges you see with women? I want to give basically listeners here who are hearing you go, oh my God, you know, she's amazing. I want to go follow her and learn more about how to you know, improve myself in my midlife? Well, I think it's, it's universal for women in general, but especially women at this age, the thing that they're doing is taking care of everyone else instead of themselves. Um, often the way that it'll be described to me by women is that their brains have been hijacked by every person around them. Like their brain is the hard drive that holds all mm. the information for the entire family. And sometimes for the entire workplace and for the entire everything and everybody else stores all of the information needed in mom's brain or in the woman's brain. And the, I guess women in their fifties are doing that thing where they're taking or forties and fifties are taking care of everybody else and not themselves. And then they get to this place where they're like, Whoa, like my kids are maybe getting a little older and now I have time for me. So it's sort of this transition of taking care of everyone else and then realizing it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to carve out some time for me. It's okay to learn to be a person that can be comfortable just being by myself and giving me the things I need. It's mm -hmm. that, um, personal growth concept that is sort of overused and trite, but is so true. When you go on the airplane, you are supposed to put on your oxygen mask first and everybody else you help later, but that's not how we do it. We'd help everybody else. And then we starve ourselves with the oxygen. We need to be healthy and happy and all the things. So once yeah. you get into your midlife, you can choose to put your mask, your mask on first, and then you can choose to decide what you want to do with the next part of your life on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, as a healthcare professional, you'd be just as passionate as I am in, in helping women understand the power of choosing your foods wisely and getting enough sleep and moving your body. We were just talking, you know, in our pre-chat about lifting heavy weights. Are there really specific, um, like, do you work with your clients as well on, on health habits or is it mostly mindset that you support them on? Mostly mindset, but because of my experience uh, working in healthcare, um, it often will come up that we'll offer some strategy around health as well. And especially if it's something I'm going through myself, I will share it. <laughs> so uh, because I'm about to turn 50 and because I've noticed some of the, you know, the midlife lady sweats and some of the other symptoms associated with um, perimenopause, 
those are things that I will share with my clients and help Mm -hmm. them to make sure that they're doing everything that they can to support their best health as they go through this midlife transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's an ongoing evolution. Our health is dynamic, right? Our health isn't static. You don't just get healthy and stay there. If you're not actively, I always tell people health is a verb, like it's a way of living. You don't just start and stop. And, um, I think it's great that you've niched down and this was, but this, your podcast currently evolves too, right? Like when did you first launch your podcast and what was your motivation to do it? Um, I launched it in 2018. Uh, and at the time, so I'll just share this because it's relevant to my like bigger story. Uh, a decade ago, my husband and I, uh, decided we wanted to have kids and we, uh, were not successful. We tried all the things we went through all of the fertility challenges. We had five pregnancies and five losses and experienced a lot of, um, angst and sadness and grief associated with all of that. Um, and that process and getting to the end of that process without the successful result that we were looking for, was it was in itself an existential kind of crisis. It was like, oh, like I thought this would be my legacy. I was going to pass my DNA on to the next generation and I am not. So I was searching for something. Mm-hmm. And around that time, I read the book, um, The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. Yeah. And there was something about it that like really touched my heart at the time because it was just like, oh, like there's so many things that are relevant in life outside of having children that can be left as legacy. And then I just wanted to share my experiences with self-improvement and self-development and um, habits and routines and consistency and whatever it w- that I could share that might help other people that were looking for something, some kind mm-hmm. of so, something that is was undefinable to me at the time, but was I was looking for, for it for myself. And then it ended up creating this, this really cool project that went on for, well, it's still going on for over 200 episodes now and evolved into this new career for me as a coach. Yeah. I, I think the best businesses start with heart, right? They just start with, when I started my first podcast in 2016, uh, it was just like, I was having the same conversations with women in my practice. And like you were saying earlier, women of all ages and stages, whether they had children or they didn't, but they were all struggling with the same overwhelm. And I would find myself having the same conversations. I'm like, everyone else used to hear this because I bet you there's women, you know, in California that could use this information as well or hear this woman's story. And it wasn't, there was no other business model around it. It was just like, I feel like there's a purpose here. And then when I expanded to to do a new show for women in chiropractic, it was kind of the same thing. I just like, no one's talking about the shit we're talking about is female chiropractors. So let's do it. And I had, I remember my coach at the time said to me, what's the business model here? I'm like, I don't know. There's no business. Like, I just want to do this. And of course, because my heart was in it and, you know, there was energy and and people connected with it. Yeah, it grew into a business. But I feel my point is like for you, similarly, you just started because you had a heart and a passion to share and inspire other people. And I think when you start a business with that, even if you don't know it's a business at the time, the work follows. Well, that's interesting you say that because I remember at the time everybody was like, well, how do you make money from that? I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because I want to share. And it's just helping me to be consistent. It's helping me. It's helping me. And then as a result of that, then it ended up helping others too, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly why I've started this show now after doing, you know, four other ones and, and every show that I've done has just been um, a passion project or a creative project. It's something you know, I, I do feel like I'm an artist in some ways with the work that we do and you're creative as well. But I feel like, you know, an, an artist just paints for the sake of painting because they know that they want to create something and they don't even know if anyone's going to buy it. But I feel like that expression is in us. 
And sometimes you just have to, oftentimes you just have to let it explore and see where it's going to go. Definitely. Yeah. So what keeps you inspired right now? Well, right now, uh, because I'm about to turn 50 in a couple of months, I have some goals and those goals are keeping me inspired. So at the beginning of the year and actually even leading up to when I'm going to be 50, for about a decade, I've been telling everybody who will listen that I want to be snowboarding on my 50th birthday. Well, my birthday is July and there's only a few places in the world you can snowboard in July. So John and I have been, John's my husband, we've been uh, saving and planning for almost a decade And this July 1st, we are flying to Sydney, Australia, and we're going snowboarding for a couple of weeks. Um, We're going to visit Adrian and Brian to two other classmates. Excellent. Then we're flying to New Zealand for a week to do some snowboarding. And then we're finishing off this epic adventure in Tahiti for a week. So it's sort of like this trip of a lifetime. We're taking a big installment on our retirement now when we're able to snowboard. I'm going to be on a mountain on my 50th birthday. I'm Mm -hmm. very excited about it. So that has got me inspired to be stronger. So that's kept me lifting weights, uh, eating better. It's doing all that. The other big goal is um, I go to what I call old lady gymnastics every week. So every Wednesday I go to a gymnastics class. So when I was a little kid, I was a recreational gymnast. I never competed, but I could do like, you know, flips and round offs and backhand springs and all of that. And about a year ago, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could get my round off back handspring back before I turn 50? So I've been going every Wednesday since September and I'm almost there. Like I can do the round off. I can do the back handspring. I just haven't strung them together yet. So I have between now and uh, July when we leave to get this done. So that's what's keeping me inspired in terms of that. Um, and that's like, that's those are pretty good goals. Those, those have been my focus lately. Yeah, those are great. I mean, so I'm going to be 50 next year. And I decided I just was in in Barcelona recently. And after I mean, I just love Europe. I'm European background. And I decided that next year for my 50th, I want to be in Italy with my two sons. Amazing. So that's one of my goals right now. How important do you think it is for people to have goal and intention setting? Because I had a debate with someone recently about this. I said, I think people are really hard on themselves when they set goals. And I said, well, you need to set goals and intentions for everything in your life. If you actually want to achieve them, we actually know scientifically that people are more likely to get things done. They're more likely to achieve the things that they want when they write them down and they share them with other people. So when it comes to goal setting, I like to give people uh, a framework that includes setting goals for your relationship, setting goals for your health, setting goals for your finances and for your business. Do you have any tips for people if they're looking to set intentions or set goals for themselves? Yeah. The one that I do a lot with my clients and, and myself is um, it's called future pacing. This is something that I didn't make up, but it's what I use all the time. And essentially it's tapping into the wisdom of your future self. So for me, um, it was two years ago. I remember sitting down and writing a letter to myself uh, on July the 9th, 2023, when I turned 50. And the letter was written in the past tense about all of the things that had happened leading up to that point. So in terms of future pacing, what you do is close your eyes, get into a space where you're feeling like a bit meditative and you get into your uh, time travel machine, head out into the future to wherever it is that you want to go. That version of you has the goal that you want now. That version of you has already created, already done, already completed and has what you want now. So you can ask them what it is that you should do now because they are you and you can trust them. So this sounds woohoo, but it's one of those things where if you just got still and said, oh, that version of me a year from now is snowboarding in Australia. What would she tell me to do now? And then you just get Mm. quiet and wait for it to bubble up in your knowing, and then you do whatever it is. 
And I often will say that you can use this as a goal setting tool for a, a you from you a year from now. You can also use it as a tool for a you that is 75 years old who needs to bring the groceries in. She mm-hmm. would tell me to get my workout on because she needs to be strong enough to bring the groceries in. Yeah. I can also, in like a shorter time span, if I'm sitting here and after we get off this call, I need to do a workout, the version of me 30 minutes from now who already has done it, she would tell me, even though the version of me now does not want to do it, she'd say, hey, get after it. You'll feel better when it's done. So tapping yeah. into the wisdom of your future self is a lovely way to, um, to set goals or to like tangentially use a tool around setting goals that can get you feeling into what you want in your future. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to do that myself. I'm committing, I'm giving accountability to all of you listeners to me right now, but also to you. I love that exercise because I have done it at different retreats and I've done it as like one-off experiences, but I think using it consistently could, uh, it really gets you, gives you the feels of how you want to feel and what the, what those actions really feel like and look like. And that's a big part of visualization, right? And why manifesting and visualizing things works is you actually have to feel what it feels like to have those things or be those things, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Peggy, you know, the wife, the woman, we've talked about your career. We've talked about you having this nomadic life and you wanted to build it. How do you create boundaries around, you know, time at home with John, time on holidays? Do you ever find it's hard being an entrepreneur to shut your brain off and to really focus your time so that you're, you're honoring who you are as just Peggy again, Peggy, the wife, the sister, the woman and Dr. Peggy. Um, yeah, I would say that it's just probably the same challenge that a lot of people have in 2023 is like turning off the screens and turning off the constant influx of everything and just being present in the moment. So this is another reason why the podcast had been so helpful for me because it allows for me to be like, okay, here's something I'm struggling with. Like in being in the scroll hole, for example, let me like do some research and share it with people. And then we can talk together about the fact that this is something that we need to create boundaries around so that we can be happier and healthier. So in terms of the boundaries that I have, I think pretty, it's pretty good. Like we yeah. intentionally sit down together as a couple and make goals for our time together. Uh, we um, make goals for where we want to travel. One of my big goals a few years ago that I um, you know, sort of put out to the universe was that I wanted to retire my husband. And then I thought, well, you know, it'll be a few years. And then last year in March, in the middle of the day, he comes home and goes, I'm not going back. And I was like, okay, I got what I asked for. Not <laughs> but um, since then he's been in what he calls, like, he says he's retired. I think he's taking an installment on his retirement. So it's beautiful because we get to spend like mornings together. He like, he's my, my chef. He cooks all my food for me. So we have a really lovely existence right now. And it will be mm. very nice for us to go on this five week adventure together this summer and not have to worry about um, external factors like work. Yeah. I love that's beautiful that you set goals as a couple and are intentional with your time. So many people struggle, right. With being busy, being busy. And sometimes my experience with clients has been, you know, they put other things ahead. We take it for granted. You know, that person's always there, whether it's your kids or your friends or your loved ones and making time for your loved ones is just as crucial for a happy life as is having enough resources and income. And we're in great business. Definitely. Well, and, and also, as you said, when we first started talking about goals, setting goals around how you want to spend time with certain people. When we set our goals at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, 
over this year, who do we want to hang out with Mm -hmm. and how do we want to do that? And then let's look at the calendar and let's get it plugged in. Cause I think it's human nature that all of us are like, Oh, I want to spend more time with my parents or my kids or my um, friends. And then Mm -hmm. the year goes by and you're like, Oh crap, nothing happened. Like we have to be intentional about being, okay, you want to do that? Let's put it on the calendar. Yeah. And that's where I think the power of writing things down and writing in goals It's for me, it's not just setting goals for finances or for the practice growth or coaching business, but it's like, these are the projects around the house that have been laying around way too long. These are what I'm going to get done first quarter, second quarter. Like, let's just plan it and write it down because chances are then it'll happen. And otherwise it could be years before these things get done. Definitely. Yeah, it's great. So, um, before we wrap up here, do you have any advice you'd give to uh, you know, your, your old self? Like, it sounds to me, you've got this, you're building this great life for you and, and your partner right now, your combination of clinical work, inspiring others with your podcast, coaching, you've got travel planned, you're get ready to rock your fifties. Um, is there anything that you would do differently in your life? You mean if I could go back through the quantum? Yeah. Like, would you go tell, something? what would you tell your 25 year old self? Would you tell them anything? Um, I kind of trust that things have played out as they should, but I guess probably I would just let her know that there's no rush and to just like enjoy the moment. Right. Like I think a lot of us in our twenties are like, it's got to happen now. And you know, I didn't even meet John until I was 35 and I had all this angst about meeting a partner, but if I had just been less worried about it, it would have just unfolded naturally. And yeah, I, I generally spend a lot of time trusting that if I'm intentional and I'm communicating with my future self, I then can back up and go, okay, and now I can just enjoy the process in order to, to get forward to meet her. Yeah. It's um, great wisdom. I, this is part of the reason I love getting older is because I just feel like I'm collecting all these moments and all these experiences and all this wisdom, whether it's business, you know, experience or personal. And um, I think it's a great place to be. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. What are the best ways for people to follow you, find out more about the work that you're doing? We'll definitely put all of these links in the show notes, but what would be the best way you would love people to reach out and learn more about the work that you're doing? Well, if anybody's interested in like, you know, figuring out if they would, if I'd be a good fit as their coach, they can go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash coach. And uh, I'll do a little complimentary call with them just to kind of see if it would be a good fit. So that's an option. Um, You can find me on the socials, the best places on Instagram. And my handle is at drpeggymalone. And um, yeah, and my website's drpeggymalone.com, which you can find some stuff about me there as well. Cool. You can, you can follow the uh, progress of my round off back handspring on my stories on Instagram. If you're <laughs> it's good. I love it. I think it's, I mean, to me, I, w- I ride my bike as much as I can now that the weather's getting warm. And I just did a, a story this morning about like, I ride my bike. Cause it just makes me happy. Like, yes, it's good for my health, but it just friggin' makes me smile and you do it. And it makes me feel like a kid again. So yeah. you doing something that you embrace doing the playfulness, you know, the vitality that we had as a kid, the, the double, what is it? A double back? No, no, it's a round off back in right. spring. Okay. Let's not get crazy, Melissa. <laughs> but even you just seeking that again, I mean, I think if we all just pursue the things that give us childlike joy, um, we'd all be much happier. So cheers to that. Definitely, yes. All right. Thanks for your time, Peggy. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, Melissa. And that's it for this episode of the Midlife Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my friend and colleague, Dr. Melissa Longo, for inviting me to share my story on her podcast, and then again here. It was great to catch up and to chat with an old classmate about some things that mean a lot to the both of us. Remember that you get to decide what your future looks like in midlife and beyond, and just like me, you are just getting started. 
If you get the feeling that I might be your coach and you are interested in learning more about me and my work and perhaps how we could work together, especially as you navigate the challenges and adventures of midlife, come and sign up for my mini course called Wake Up to Life 2.0. I'll send you an email every Monday for five weeks with a worksheet that will help you to get super clear on where you want to go next with this one precious life. Go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash wake up to sign up. Also, I'd love it if you would come and say hi on Instagram. You can find me there at Dr. Peggy Malone. And that is where you will find me discussing my life as a 50 year old who likes to snowboard, back handspring, and also to encourage other women to find out what is fun and adventurous for them in midlife. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that were mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and don't want to ever miss an episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it.